Finally, uh, have shucked most of this cold off, so I'm feeling a lot better today than I was on Saturday when you heard me on the car and truck doctors. I was kind of croaking over the air that day, but we're doing okay now. And uh, I've got uh, Elizabeth here, and uh, Kenny is here. Kenny and uh, Elizabeth were both uh, big warriors, got up early this morning, went over to the uh, Big Mac building in room A for the big meeting. Uh, with uh, the governor and uh, Senators Stubblefield and Garner, and I guess there were some other senators and representatives there as well, and, uh, you know, just normal folks like you and I to hear what they're going to say about this whole refugee situation. So to start off the show today, I'm going to turn to them, and I'll start off with Elizabeth, and and, because, you know, beauty before, uh, even before no age, but the bottom line, <laughs> the bottom line goes this way, Elizabeth. What happened today? Number one, it was supposed to be at ten o'clock, and they switched it around over the weekend to nine o'clock because the governor said he had a meeting and he had to be out of there fairly quickly or whatever. Apparently, if you're not on Facebook, you didn't know that. Like I did not know that until about nine thirty last night. But yeah, they moved it up. Well, Wayne Beach was asking. All right, and. I saw that he was asking, so I called yes. Gary, uh, Senator Stubblefield, and I said, what time and where? And he said, they changed it, 9 a.m., room A still, Big Mac. So I gave, him, I gave him the information. I guess he got it out to whoever he could, but go ahead. There was probably 60, 75 people there, quite a few observers in the back of the room that I don't, I count them in, but they don't really count because they're just kind of there to watch kind of thing. Probably split hmm, roughly half and half between supporters and againers. Um, I don't know how many lawmakers. Let me, there were quite a just, few lawmakers. Let me stop. Yeah, there were several. Quite a few. Let me, let me stop both of you about that right now. Here's what everybody's got to understand. If you want to make a change in government, yes. in policy, in your state, 50 or 60 people ain't going to do it. Mm-mm. That that ain't going to happen. And it wasn't really that. It was only about thirty. Let me let me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, a side. lot of them were on the other side. The, yeah. the pro amnesty. Okay, so let me give they filled the room. Let me give did. everybody a, a real quick history le- lesson. A few years back, Tennessee was fighting over whether they were going to have or not have an income tax. Mm-hmm. And the governor was going to stay with an income tax. The people didn't want it. And what it took was 10,000 yep. Tennesseans to show up at the state capitol one day driving around the state capitol, honking their horns. I know this because I, the uh, the talk show at that time used to come on my show a lot, and we talked about it. And uh, bottom line was he folded, he capitulated, so did the state uh, legislature, and now they don't have an income tax in Tennessee. That's the way you change it. That's the only way. You want to change the Second Amendment? Have 10,000 people show up in front of the 
the the Capitol building. That's what's happening I, in Virginia uh, right now. Um, yeah, today was the day they started uh, all tw- of that. Yeah, the twentieth <laughs> is their official day. But yeah, they've been up there and they've been up there for a while beforehand, uh, trying to fight against the agenda uh, that's going on there. Uh, with all by, the new gun control laws. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, yeah, but of course they missed out on the election day, and so that's how you end up with a Democrat legislature and and an infanticide, uh, black-faced, uh, Democrat racist Governor Northam there, who's also apparently anti-gun and just waited till he got enough power to do so. But now he's starting to back off now. he's, he's uh, Numbers, numbers. Yeah, because there's uh, how, how many thousand people are going to show up by the Virginia Civil Defense League uh, and we had them on last Tuesday. Yeah, and but we, yeah, we definitely need people to show up. And now apparently we're going to need people to show up in our city council and county governments because, as, as Asa and others have said, uh, they also is required from them to get permission. Although Trent Garner asked the question and, and correctly pointed out that uh, they can wander around from anywhere. Uh, they're supposed yeah, to be able to just, leave. And, yeah, and you heard the governor basically dismiss Senator Garner's question or comment when. Senator Garner turned to the room and basically said, look, I mean, you know, we have another out. You need to talk to your county governments about a resolution saying, no, we don't want refugees here. The governor basically responded and said, well, it's sort of useless because, you know, they're not going to be in your county anyway, sir, Mr. Garner, Mr. Stubblefield. I thought it was a little bit patronizing toward the senators, um, completely ignoring the fact and the idea, which we all understand, that these people can move anywhere Mm -hmm. once they're here, completely ignoring that fact. Yeah, here's but the yeah, key. I, if they can come here and they're going to come through, it looks like up in Washington County or whatever, or is it Bentonville County? Washington County. Washington um, County. Which I, is learned, I did learn this morning that it was uh, Judge Wood, uh, according to our, uh, sorry, according to our governor, Judge Wood has sent the letter that says it's okay. Mr. Garner, Senator Garner asked for the letter. And of course, you know, Governor Hutchinson said, sure, it's already been filed with the U.S. government. Again, I find it very odd the timeline <laughs> that our Republican me. lawmakers don't know what is going on, and we don't know any more now than we knew before the meeting started this morning. Basically, that's why I asked if anybody asked him if he had contacted the pro tem and the Speaker of the House that because that's what up. he said no, on there my was show. Limited time because he suddenly had to up. leave. It was only about really what ten twenty minutes worth of question because he gave his opening statement, and that was just a repeat of what he had said earlier on this show that the the refugees supposedly won't cost any money, which is based upon some study, which none of us have seen, which I assume is the one that that Canopy shows that claims that uh, these refugees somehow will pay their own way. And if we can't track them, how do we know these facts? That's what I want to know. Oh, and of course, uh, when you click on their their, their website and you click on, they claim it was a study done by the Trump administration. That is an absolute lie. When you click on the link and you click on the, the new study, it says the Trump's administration rejected that study. Oh my gosh! Uh, so it's right there. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's mm. from, and it's from their website. So I mean, it, yeah, I, it's, and I assume that's the one that he was waving around that he cited repeatedly, but never bothered to show either the legislators or the people because they were asking about it too. He was asked by Senator Garner. I keep saying this wrong. Trent Garner asked the governor, "What steps is your administration going to take to ensure?" That all this vetting that you've told us about and all this security that's going to happen is going to happen, and he never got an answer. He gave a circular response that talked about how wonderful people are to be here and how much money our state. Were. He quoted what it's sixteen, seventeen billion dollars that our country benefits from refugees. Again, don't know where these statistics are coming from. I don't trust them. I haven't been able to get them vetted. I don't know. 
I never trust all the statistics I see in studies because everybody who does a study has an ax to grind. Absolutely. And that's why you need Always. to fit, figure it out. The other thing, if you go to the Canopy, Northwest Arkansas, and I don't remember the website address, I'm sorry. I looked them up. I looked at it last Thursday, I believe it was. It was a Lutheran church, I believe. Well, Lutheran resettlement. You uh, need to understand they are a separate entity. They're a 501C. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter that ASA said that they have been here for years and years. They were started in 2016. Yeah, they're only okay. here in the state for about three years. About three years. But overall, as an entity with the Lutheran church, been around for about... 40 years, the Lutheran Immigration Refugee Services, LIRS, is their, I'll call it parent or partner organization. They had their choice. There are either, I can't remember whether it's seven or nine uh, official organizations that our U.S. government works with for refugee programs. Okay. They're all faith-based generally, the Catholic charities and so forth and so on. This one has been around for a very long time. However, if you go look them up and look at some information... One thing you will learn is that 94% of the national budget for the Lutheran Immigration Refugee Services comes from the federal government. Okay, they say they're in the business of resettling refugees. That's not what they do with most of their time. If you look to, well, it was last Thursday that I looked at the Canopy Northwest Arkansas website. The first thing that pops up is a big splash page that says, we're going to D.C. in March to talk to it, tell our representatives that Trump cannot keep cutting back the refugee program. They are taking most of their money from the federal government at a national level and using our money to lobby against our interests to open our borders. Well, they can say all they want to, but it's going from 110000 down to 18000 this That's year. That's true. That's true. Uh, and he did, the governor did make it clear this morning, as he has, he didn't really say anything different. If you've seen the two handouts that are on your webpage, Mr. Ellswick, on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page, mm-hmm. the two handouts that he has passed out, Basically, he didn't say anything new and different this morning. He didn't did expect him to. I didn't really either. Um, I did expect a little more aggressive questioning. However, between his opening statement and the fact that he had to leave suddenly because he has pressing concerns, uh, the whole meeting, la- that whole portion of the meeting lasted maybe 35 minutes. It didn't last long. Okay. Again, there was hardly anybody in the room. Uh, I guess, the like you said, the passion's gone out of this whole idea now in just a week's time or something no i don't think it's specifically that what i think that the people understand is that because of this executive order it addressed the governor not the state legislature Mm -hmm. and it was a a runaround past the legislature they have they have nothing that they can say they have nothing to say uh i think that the governor tends to, as he's speaking about this, makes it sound like as though the president was all about it, mm-hmm. when in fact, I think all that the president was doing was getting the governors involved in it so that we didn't continue with the way it had been before. Mm-hmm. If you remember 2015 when they were going to bring in refugees, if I'm not mistaken, it was in Hot Springs, Yes. They were looking to bring them in, and it was stopped. Yes. It was stopped. Yes. They, they, didn't like right. the, they didn't like the press they were getting, and so they they brought 
They pulled back. But that was Governor Hutchinson who stopped it. He mentioned this morning, he said, the Syrian refugees in 2015, I didn't have enough information. I didn't trust that they'd be vetted properly. And any time that anybody has really questioned this whole situation, what I'm hearing a lot of is, "Mm, you know, if you don't like it, you need to talk to President Trump because he's the one who made the rules. Well, I believe as a taxpayer that President Trump, I want to believe that he put this order in place in order to help protect our interests here. Well, he wanted I somebody not, in the state to have a say. Well, and I yeah, do not Obama think... Yeah, because Obama pushed this stuff forward through, and he was just dumping them in regardless. That's exactly that's right. right. That's right. But how much better is this when we have our Republican governors turning around to Republican constituents and saying, yeah, we did this behind your back, and yeah, oh yeah, there was a notice on Facebook of a picture where our governor did inform, um, didn't catch her name this morning, God, Godfrey... Representative Godfrey, Democrat from Springdale, she was notified around Christmas time. Our Republican lawmakers were not. I find that extremely frustrating. Well, again, frustrating. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to say exactly what the governor said on my show. He said he notified the pro tem and he notified the Speaker of the that's House. That's what he said. He says, that's the way we've always done this. But when did there's they something call you? they need, you need, well, I'm. I'm not saying that they did or didn't. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. You've asked both uh, Hendren and Mr. Shepard. No, I haven't had an you answer haven't heard to back it. from them, have and, you? And, uh, you know, this, there may not be an answer back from them. I'm just saying that that's what the governor has said. Well, Senator Rice again spoke this morning and said, you know, I got calls. I didn't have facts to answer with. Um, it was pretty hard. It was pretty difficult. Um, he conflated that as far as the lack of confidence in the decisions with the uh, whole thing with the China thing and right. Governor Hutchinson's oh, yes, son that and that up. sort of thing. And he basically just said, you know, I have nothing to do with my son's law firm. That's getting taxpayer. It's working for organizations to get taxpayer funds. Just like the vice president had anything to do with his. So yeah, Hunter that's Biden. Right. And that's right. Parisa. Except that he took him with him on visits. Just like Asa did. Yep. There's some questions there. Some questions there. questions there. I guess that's part of my real frustration is I thought that this was a, a bit of an opportunity, not a very big one, but a bit of an opportunity to maybe ask a couple of important questions. And the people who might have been interested, there was a little wad of people. I don't know if you saw them. Mm-hmm. We walked out. The, the meeting actually continued, and this was the first topic. We walked out once our topic was heard, and we're leaving at about well, a quarter to ten this morning. It only lasted 40 minutes maybe. There was a little pe- a group of people coming in about that time thinking that they were there in time for the meeting Yeah, at they thought it was still yeah. at 10 o'clock. And yeah. uh, they were not happy uh, as taxpayers and people who wanted to come hear what was going on. But even if you had been there, which I was, I didn't hear anything new or different one, one bit at did, all. Did they Nothing. give you any time to speak? No, they did the not. Pe- the public was not allowed the time to speak They had a sign-up sheet at front, and they did call this a committee meeting, but uh, no, no one was allowed No, it's supposedly because of ACE's schedule, because, of course, as yeah. you said, they, they moved it to 9, and then he suddenly had to be somewhere at 9.30-ish. I guess I feel like that's a complete, you know, circumvention of transparency in our government. Yeah. Let's change the, de- let's change the meeting time and not just change it later in the day. Let's move it up so nobody can be here. I'm in a hurry. I can't stay long, so you can't speak. And, oh, yeah, i got to go now as soon as you start asking questions because my schedule's really busy. I really felt pretty shorted as a taxpayer all the way around, and I have since it started. All right, mm-hmm. 22 minutes after 2. Kenny's here. Elizabeth's here. I'm here. You're here. Phone lines are open, 823-0965. You've got a question, here's your t- your opportunity, 823-0965. Dave Ellswick's show. 
101.1 FM, the answer, the home. No matter what the other station says, the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. All right, off to the phones we go here at 101.1 FM, the answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. And Scotty joins us from Conway. Hey, Scotty, how you doing? I'm good, Dave. Well, I wasn't happy this morning. I heard. I was one of those that knew that it was at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got up, got dressed, and went to the meeting and uh, found out that, no, it had started at 9. Yeah, they and changed by it. by the time I got, and I was there early. Mm-hmm. I was there early, and everyone was leaving. <laughs> and I, I did go to the governor's office, and I wrote him a note and told him that, I was considering the time frame of his announcement of the refugee program as late as it was. I guess I should have expected some change here because he just doesn't want us to be. I didn't say this. I just said I'm very disappointed. But I'm. Be, it makes you wonder whether he wants people to be a part of the conversation. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> it's pretty seem, clear. It doesn't seem like he wants it as well. He, Unless you're on the other side. He made it pretty, I thought, pretty s- straight on my show. It was his decision. And How I arrogant. did. I did listen that day. I, I get you most of the time when I'm in the car. But, you know, the thing about it is I heard what he had to say. Our lawmakers need to pay attention to the people who mm-hmm. are con- concerned about their co- security. They're concerned about the tracking ability. And if someone tells me they cannot track those people, then I'm going I'm going to stand up and do a Wilson and say, I think they're lying because I think they track me. I think they track, well, yeah, they'll track you they won't track as them. a citizen. That's precisely if right. If you can track me, then you can track them. And we know we know what they've done to lots of folks in the United States who are citizens, and you know we ought to be able to figure these things out. My one comment is, the first time one or two of those people are out of line and blow up something or do something that's criminal, then someone's going to say, "Oh, but we made a lot of money," and I don't think the people who suffer through that are going to think that whatever this state gets is enough money to sacrifice the lives of other people. I just, anyway. I got yeah, you, I Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> I understand well, you. Well, it's good talking to you. I had, I'm glad to hear that you're doing better. Well, I'm feeling better, and other things are healing up as well, so I'm, I'm getting to 100%. Should be within the I'm next glad. couple of weeks. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I just hope some people talk to our lawmakers and see what they can do the governor cannot control everything he does not control all the money i don't think does he (laughs) not really nope not really supposed to all right scotty thanks for your call we appreciate it thank you lines are open 823-0965 to refugees and the way this has been run uh i don't think the governor has done anything wrong the uh, you know he made the decision because that's what Trump gave him the ability to do is make the decision. Uh, this uh, uh, presidential executive order said that uh, they needed to notify uh, the governor to make a decision, and then the governor is supposed to notify, get notified by uh, your locales, you know your counties, and evidently that's the way this has gone down. It bothers me. 
that the people's representatives have been left out in the cold about this. Completely. And the people themselves. Yeah. Except well, yeah, for but, if you're a Democrat or you're in northwest Arkansas, apparently they've been fully aware for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, a long time. You know, time. I've not gotten a, a, a complete timeline on that. I'd really like to have the timeline. I can provide to you later a link that from an article from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette in 2017 that talks about the issue of refugee resettlement in northwest Arkansas with Canopy and quotes our governor All right, directly. We'll talk about them, maybe get to a little bit of that here in just a few moments. But right now, we got to get the uh, local news. We can give you a minute, catch up on the big stories. Booker is out of the... It's out. Spartacus! Done. He's Spartacus. gone! Spartacus has been left in the dust. All right, we're back. We will. We didn't go anywhere. We've been sitting here talking. <laughs> but the bottom line is, that's just an old euphorism that we're ready to get started again with uh, live content. Glad to have you here. Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth is here. And then uh, Kenny is here. Kenny, you'll see him uh, out at most uh, events, and he's out there recording them and putting them on Facebook, uh, either live or post them later. Uh, I know that as far as this meeting uh, from this morning on the refugee thing, I guess you did some interviews afterwards. Is that yes, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I talked to several folks afterwards. Uh, some of them I knew, like Wayne Beach, who had worked before, uh, Mar- uh, Maria Turner of Sue A. Women. Yep. Um, and then she actually interviewed me, so I got interviewed with my own video equipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, always cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, probably the best is I don't know who this lady is. She's a, she's an immigrant from Chile, and I just posted the links like literally just now onto this live feed, so you can go on the Dave Vilsick Show live stream on Facebook, and you can see the links, or you can go to YouTube account Keep Arkansas Legal, where I've posted the rest of them. And this this lady just goes off on how she came here legally, and how you know we've seen what these refugees do in other places. Uh, we can't believe the word of of our government. And particularly Governor Asa Hutchinson, who, by the way, was in in several positions in, regarding Homeland Security when you know the eighty six eighty seven amnesty uh, promises were broken, nine uh, eleven. Well, we were told we were going to secure the this immigration issue. Uh, we've had incidents like the Fort Dix terror plot, where two three of them were here illegally, two of them were legally, and one of them was given citizenship. And they would have they would have gotten away with killing American servicemen if not for a Circuit City employee. Uh, of course, the Sonarf brothers—they were—they had sought asylum. They—they uh, they should have been deported. At least one of them should have been for beating up his girlfriend. They were on the welfare system. They had gone back to visit their relatives. I mean, they were clearly abusing the system, and nobody did anything. Nobody's paid a price. Uh, and that same deep state—the same people that let all that crap happen—are the same people impeaching Trump. You know, the the FBI, CIA, deep state folks, and and you know, those are the people that uh, are still supposed to be processing a refugee so when asa or you know my my state rep carlton wing mentioned before that you know so things are slightly different because trump is in charge not when it comes to the actual you know day-to-day operations yeah the bureaucracy it's still specific there. background checking and all that sort of thing asa mentioned this morning they've got to go through what four or five background checks if you're a refugee yeah yeah and, and we're just like I'm sorry, we your word doesn't mean anything. I don't care how many things you promise. See, that's uh, the problem. Nobody's yep. even paid a price for the mistakes made. You know, I, I've even asked. Uh, I even asked uh, my state rep. That was one of the interviews I did afterwards. You know, who's responsible if, if we have another uh, incident with a refugee where the system fails again? 
who's the name of the person? Of course, he didn't know, and I, I don't blame him. I mean, he, he really doesn't. Nobody does. Um, but you know, I, th- I think that's the part that bothers me about this is that it 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 just appears that certain people have the interests of foreigners above the interests of people who live in this country, who are born citizens of this country. Now, I know there are going to be people out there that, oh, you're just horrible. You don't want to help these people. No, I'm happy to help people. I believe in helping myself first, helping my neighbors, helping my family, helping my community first. And then if we have extra, which we probably would, we can help others. But when we have, and they mentioned it this morning, you know, one out of every four children in Arkansas goes to bed hungry at night. We have our veterans sleeping on the streets when they come back from serving overseas because they've been forgotten that they were gone. And when they come back, they're still overlooked. And yet we're more than happy to spend our taxpayer money to bring new people here who are going to be. And, and we're told that they <laughs> that they give benefit to our society. I think the number, I forget what it was. It was big, $16 billion yeah, or something they tried study, to say this morning. And, and it's probably this canopy study, which was actually rejected. Uh, and I actually have the I actually have it up now. The the New York Times posted this. It was rejected in September. It was done September nineteenth, twenty seventeen, and it says rejected report shows revenue brought in by refugees. And this is by the way from the Canopy website. It's on the New York Times, and it says a draft study rejected by Trump administration officials that found refugees brought in, and this one says sixty three billion more. Uh, than they cost. But it's, as it says in the headline, it was rejected. And yet AC's raving this around saying, oh, this is this what is, Trump This wanted. is your definitive thing. I guess the thing that really bothers me, too, is they're saying we can't track these people. Well, if we can't track them, how do we know? How do exactly. we know that they've brought this much money into the country? How do we know that they're off welfare in 90 days? Like something doesn't match up here. And it does go back to the trust factor. Mm-hmm. I have to say, as a taxpayer, my trust has been blown a long time ago, and it ain't getting better. I only have a couple of forms of refugees that I would allow access into the country. One, if they have been working directly with the military. Oh, in a they com- asked that question this in morning. A, in a combat zone where they're acting as interpreters or uh, feeding information to uh, to our men and women, and the military will vouch for them that that's what they did, and they put a bullseye on their back, then I think we owe that person something in our country. I agree, but how do we know, Dave? That's the, the military. Thing and I'm actually wondering, if they, if that's the case, why not house them at a military base or at another country? It doesn't have to be America for them to be safe, doesn't it? I mean, I would, matter of fact, oh, if, I were, if I were being hunted, I'd rather be But I'm just saying... If what we've done, if what they've done has benefited and protected military men and women, there's no reason why I would have any problem with them finding their their freedom and to be safe in our country as safe as they can. I agree. Mm -hmm. The other the other big category they talk about is the Christian refugees. Yeah. I've been given information today. I haven't vetted it yet, but I know the person who did this. The research is that 50% now of some of these countries are Christian, 50%. The question that I got you know, got asked of me was, hey, if, if these countries are 50% Christian, how are these people being persecuted? And if they're, you know, why they're, are they coming be, here? Because they're being they're persecuted. Because they're getting killed. I mean, well, I don't know. if we're talking about Coptic Christians and people like that, they are being uh, 
The bullseye is on them, and they're being killed by Muslims. I agree. Even if you're the only Christian in the whole country, you're probably going to get targeted by the Muslims. With that said, even if you've helped the military, if you're a Muslim, I'm going to have problems letting you into my country. You need to listen to the audio tape from the meeting this morning. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. I'd have some problems with it because we've seen, for instance, when you look down to, you go down to Florida, and this guy that uh, shot some gentlemen on a a base, Uh, he had supposedly, since he was Saudi Arabian, had been had been vetted, vetted, security. Working and, on a base and I, or training and I this will guy. be one of the first people to admit we've been doing this for 30 years and sooner or later you're going to get a bad apple. All right. So we hadn't had a bad apple until this, this shooting that we know in, about. In, uh, no, I'm just telling you, we would have heard about <laughs> it. The bottom line was that, uh, you know, he, he got radicalized in a matter of a couple of months. It well, didn't and you take know, long. You know, just this what weekend they kicked out, what was it, 12, 14 other people, uh, Saudi Arabian folks from that base. Mm-hmm. On a range of a variety of things, they did find extremist materials. They did find child pornography and some other things. We didn't know till we went looking. I want to tell you what. Yeah. That, I mean, the, that's what scared child, me about that news story. The child pornography thing is like being in <laughs> Afghanistan. Did you hear when Colonel Reynolds was on? couple weeks ago and he made the statement that you know there were some men abusing a child sexually uh some soldiers tried to stop it they were told to stand down because culturally that was okay and that's why we don't want those people in my country and that's something that you have to keep in mind all right 243 it's the dave ellswick show again i'm not saying that no refugees i'm just saying that i'm saying it's it would not even be 18,000 for me. It would be somewhere around maybe 18. <laughs> it would yeah. be a much different picture yeah, if I mean, we knew that we could trust the government. Yeah. Again, it would have to, they would have to have, you know, very well vetted stuff, documentation from military members that had worked with this person in the field and just like a, a medal or whatever have it all documented so you know what occurred. They should be able to show us taxpayers where they're doing this instead of getting a generic runaround answer when they're asked about oh, security. Oh, I don't disagree. Okay. When you well, don't the Trump have, administration when, says when, it's going to be okay. When people <laughs> don't have transparency with whatever they're talking about because somebody is not being transparent, then stay away. Immediate suspicion just because of Well, that. absolutely. Yeah. It has to be that way. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Kenny's here. Elizabeth's here. We're going to have uh, State Senator John Bozeman in the next hour in an uh, earlier interview that we did. We're going to play that for you. we got a lot coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to 101.1 FM, The Answer. And where is it? Th- who's, who, who else is here? Rush. Rush, that's right. Rush. The Rush Limbaugh Show. He was on earlier. Let's continue here All on right. the Dave Ellswick Show. we got about uh, 11 minutes left. And then we'll take a break for news top of the hour and then uh, Senator Bozeman in a recorded interview for you here on the Dave Ellswick show. So, Kenny, after sitting through that whole uh, meeting today, what was your takeaway? Uh, I think most of our Kansans that they've been allowed to see that would have uh, soundly rejected this idea. Uh, The pro-illegal alien group Arkansas United had a few people there. Uh, there was uh, mainly, I think our side was actually a little louder, even though we had probably about the same number of people. Um, 
I will say that's one thing that needs to keep from being mixed together. There is a difference between a refugee and an illegal immigrant. And an asylum seeker. Just like there's a difference between an illegal alien and an immigrant. That's right. And so one of the problems is a lot of people like to mix this up together. But there was some, there was bikers for Trump. A few of them showed up. There was a guy with the infamous red hat that showed up. Nobody got triggered. I didn't uh, see the hat. Darn it! I would have been. Tri- no. I have video. I have video. Of, I, I got the. I didn't get the interview because he was in a hurry. But he was some tall guy with a red hat and real dress, and he had that red hat that everybody could see. Um, and uh, we had uh, Sabine Durden, uh, victims of uh, victim of illegal alien crime, was there. Um, several other folks who had been, you know, involved in stopping illegal immigration were there. Probably the best thing to do is to focus on local races because, as as they said before, uh, and Trent Garner pointed out, and Asa repeated it, basically the county officials do have a say in it. Yeah, a state senator there, the lady that took – whose position did she – that's, that's, was that the one for um, – what's his name? It was all pro-gun? Charlie Collins. Charlie Collins. Was that his uh, no, replacement? No, no. Was, that's somebody else. But it is a Democrat. But yeah, uh, we have, and of course, the big issues, is the primaries that are coming up. Um, March. I'm going to say that. March. That's when primary March the March third. March, third. March third. Don't forget that. And, yeah. and, I mean, there's going to be some races decided in March. And yep. you better get your voter registration done by February Third February third. Thirty if days you're not the registered. Election. Okay, thirty, and um, and of course we have local elections coming up too. There's a lot of local stuff. Actually, tomorrow there's several of these scam special election tax increases, and of course uh, because of all the illegals and a lot of other things uh, that we've wasted money on the schools that are once again under budget. So. Uh, yeah, but look at all the money they have for buildings. Oh, yeah. Taj Mahal's <laughs> and ridiculous superintendents. And more Dexter such. They should ask Conway. We've already done it. Yeah. Boy, yeah. it's terrible. Well, uh, I'll, I'll read off some of them. Uh, Stuttgart School spe- Schools. Uh, they're having a special election. That's in Arkansas County tomorrow. Gurdon is a millage election. That's in Clark County. Um, there's is, another. Is that, is that on the railroad tracks down in Gurdon? Yeah, I have no idea. I just saw it on the Secretary of State's website, and there's some election in Cleburne County. It's HSC. I don't know. It's some kind of special school district. There's another one in Columbia County for ETB school millage. I don't know what the acronym stands when for. What's the one that's happening like? down in? Um, gosh, what's the county that is up against Pulaski to the south on? Five forty. No, Jefferson, Jefferson County. Yeah. Oh, that's Whitehall. I just got. Yeah, Whitehall. When is that going? That's also tomorrow. Tomorrow. Boy, you need to vote. I'm going to tell you what. You need to vote against that. the The kids aren't. They're saying that's for the kids. It's no. really not for the kids. It's at never all. for the kids. That's not for the kids. The kids are going to use that new facility. They're talking about like three or five days out of a year. What? Yeah. Some special place. I should Wake get, up, Texas. They voted get Ed Monk on and talk about Wake that. Up, yeah, Texas. and they voted it. They voted one down. I think like two or three years ago. I remember it. Um, and there's another one that had voted one down. A uh, Harmony Grove. It's in Saline County. Mm. They voted down a, a millage increase. They uh, the school district needed 3.8 mills, and now they suddenly only need 2.8 mills. So you know they lied to you the first time. Um, Quitman uh, uh, School District. That's in Faulkner and part. I think Van Buren County. Yep. Yep. They're having a special election in Greenland uh, and Fayetteville School District in Washington County, the same county where these illegal uh, refugees or whatever are supposed to be coming in. 
Uh, they're supposed to have a special election tomorrow. Well, now you know why, because they got because somebody's got to pay well, for these short refugees. Up, their, their schools are short-handed or short-funded up there. Did you ever hear? And I heard some people asking on Facebook about the Springdale Fayetteville area. Did their count, city councils their their uh, I don't know I guess they have quorum courts up there too. Yes, they do. Did their local governments actually have any meetings and talk about this and tell the people up there, or was I'm this done sure behind their about, backs too? Well, I'm not sure about meetings. Um, you would have to talk to maybe Joseph Wood or some of the people in Northwest Arkansas. There is a guy up there named Nelson Peacock. I was given his name, and he basically worked for the Obama Foundation. Uh, he was a, a childhood friend of the Clintons. Um, and he's uh, he writes a lot of the pro-illegal alien policy, and apparently this guy and maybe Randy Zook, the Chamber of Commerce, and others have had meetings with our state legislatures and our local officials, and probably this Arkansas United and Canopy, as you can tell, they're politically involved. Uh, you know, they go to the White House, so you can imagine they're probably in your city council meeting your quorum court as well. So uh, I, if you're in Washington County, I would contact Joseph Wood, urge him to oppose this refugee resettlement thing. And he's already signed a letter and given it to the well, government. Well, supposedly. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, that's what the governor said this morning. Uh, yeah. So. Already turned into Joseph the federal Wood? government. He is the judge. Uh, he's a judge for Washington County. Former lawmaker, right? Uh, I don't remember if he held office before. Maybe not. Maybe not. But, of course, we have a Democrat here, Judge Barry Hyde. He's for Pulaski. He's the judge for Pulaski County. He's basically the county governor, if you want to. For okay, so Wood Wood is uh, a Republican up there. Yes, who's the judge Republican for county, Washington County? Republican County judge in Washington County. Okay, yes. is he against this? No, he's for it. Well, uh, according that, to the governor, uh, yeah, according to the governor, he's he's signed a letter supporting it. Okay, so yeah, contact him. As a matter of fact, contact him regardless of whether you're at. I'd con- I've, I've ever in Oklahoma, I'd contact him because I don't want refugees going over to my state or, or Missouri for that matter. He's a former. He used to work with the Secretary of State's office before he ran for that office. And yeah, he's we, been to the Capitol. Solid before. conservative. You probably recognize him. Most so he took used a to of work him. with Mark Martin. He did. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, but anyway, uh, other events are coming up. Uh, Sunday nineteenth, two p.m. is the Arkansas March for Life. That'll be the state capital. Yeah, that's big. Uh, we back need side. Remember, it's the backside of the state capital, <laughs> and we definitely need people to show up. We need people to network there. I would agree. Again, a sign-in sheet, and you'll find people that are in that area uh, to so they can have local meetings. Um, and there's also protests in front of the abortion clinic at Four Office Park Drive. That happens regularly. Um, and then on the 20th is the big uh, event in Virginia. If you want to go, you probably need to get on a plane at this point because it's... You're not going to be able to book one after today. You no. better, really, you better call about getting a room because there's probably few rooms in Virginia. They're expecting 100,000 people. Yeah. So I read. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be huge. Huge. It's going to be huge. And then... Huge, t- I tell you. Huge. And then next, this, next Tuesday, not this coming Tuesday, tomorrow, but the 21st is the first of these taxpayer-funded sales pitches for a tax increase, also known as the uh, half-cent sales tax extension. Permanent in the Constitution, people. Permanent in the Constitution. This is not what our Constitution is for. Yeah, $300 million a year, permanent for our uh, Arkansas Department of Roads, the the same clowns that – well, Scott Bennett's been the director for seven years, and uh, at this point, I'd rather replace him with Brent Bielema or anybody else. I really wish we would take a, these, uh, hold these bureaucrats accountable as much as we do or Razorback coaches, because I mean, a lot of them should have been fired. Uh, they're making, they're you know, they may they may not make as much money, but they spend a lot more, and they're uh, the things they spend money on are very important. 
And so there's the first one's in Monticello, U of A Monticello, uh, 371 University Drive. That's uh, it's 530 to 830. Um, Anything it, here locally? Uh, let's see. There's the one tw- in Maumel, I believe. The 23rd. I just got ones for January. The 23rd is West Memphis, and I think the 28th is in Harrison. So okay. none locally here yet, but they will probably have some either February and March. And like I said, these are not these are they call these public meetings or town halls. That's not what they are. Uh-uh. They are taxpayer funded sales pitches where they they get to give their song and dance, and then they give their standard objections. They're going to pretend the Julie Mayberry Bell doesn't exist. Uh, they're going to pretend that the the million dollars they spent on the the building for a tech park wasn't was justified. Uh, and all their noise reduction walls and bike paths are well they're tied to federal funding and, and, and there's it, nothing we can do about and that. there's yeah yeah even though they, they lobbied for it um and so that kind of crap is going to be spilled out and then the, the people probably get only one or two minutes to speak the most part likely. i like the most is the publicity says we may we want to hear your ideas we may incorporate they're going to go in and ask people for, you know, I want this road fixed. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll put that on the list, and and, and you'll vote for the tax. And, of course, then it's just like it never got said. You know no, that. They've already exactly. decided. Let's get our break in. Kenny, thanks for coming by. Sure, absolutely. Uh, we'll have you from time to time to bring us up to date. You keep your finger very closely on these elections, and we need you to come on and talk about them. Elizabeth, stay where you're at. And you stay right where you're at here at 101.1 FM, the answer home of Rush Limbaugh, because Senator John Bozeman is next. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope you enjoyed uh, Senator Bozeman. We're going to replay that at 535. If you came into the middle of it or whatever, you can hear it. There's some really good stuff that we talked about there. We hadn't had the senator on for a while, so we had a lot of catching up to do. And uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the USMCA because it's a big, 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 big deal. And then on top of that, I was able to get him to talk a little bit about China. And as you heard in the news at the bottom of the hour, because I said to him during the interview, once we sign this China deal, there's a lot of people saying that we're going to do 30, maybe even 31,000 on the stock market. And uh, he, uh, he agreed with that. He agreed that once we sign with China, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like adding rocket fuel the economy and that's only stage one or phase one of yes, this trade phase, agreement. phase one of three all right so uh big things uh coming and uh if you're a democrat not good news for you i'm just telling you right now it's not good news for you it's the economy stupid yeah it's always the economy it's always 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 the economy 
like and don't mean to change the subject but did you notice over the holiday over the christmas season how many christmas lights were out and around oh yeah people were celebrating this people year. were celebrating this year and that was what i was thinking when you talked about economy i saw people spending money i saw things going on people were happy they were just everywhere lights everywhere everybody's going everywhere that's going to keep going all the way through to next november oh let me just tell you if if things are going as well as I think they're going to be going by November, I would not want to be the Democrat challenger. I'll be honest with you. <coughs> by the way, <coughs> what was her name? Williamson. She she dropped out. The woo-woo woman? The yeah, woo-woo she lady? Jumped into the love beams. <coughs> she came out, and then uh, Booker screwed me a little bit i didn't think i didn't i didn't think he'd get out until after iowa after he got trounced but he he decided I think he ran out of money i think he did too. marianne had the same issue i read that she had let her staff go early in the week last week yeah so anyway booker came out uh this week so he doesn't have to worry about you know missing his number one job which is being a senator uh when the impeachment trial starts <laughs> he's going to be there no matter what now uh, along with Harris. You talk about dirty tricks. If Mark Meadows is correct with his assumption that the only reason they've held on to this, all that the Democrats have is held to on to this, Biden. is to help Biden, you talk about dirty tricks. And it's not helping him. It's not helping That's him. That's what's really wild. It's not helping it's him. It's not helping him, but that they would go to such lengths. And I don't, I have to tell you, I kind of wonder because it sure seems that there can't be any other reason. It's not helping them any. They're getting worse. It's, it's the independence opinions have now started to change you know they were sort of slightly okay with op impeachment now, now they're not totally so much against they're it. against it Man, it's going Wisconsin against them. has turned very much against it and that's where the president is tomorrow the uh debate will be going on for the democrats the president will be in milwaukee wisconsin holding a rally so be fun to see what he has to say at the rally he he always has something fun he to always say. has something funny do you watch him I watch them. You know, I turn them on, watch a, a little bit of them. I don't watch all of them. I usually don't watch the whole thing. He kind of has a formula, and he pretty much follows yeah, it. You know but what it's really he's interesting. Speak. It's interesting, though, because he adds stuff in, and he changes. And some days he kind of sticks with his script a little bit. And some days he goes way off, Yeah, depending on who's in the audience, I guess. Well, I, I predict he'll have more to say about Bernie Sanders tomorrow uh, at the uh, Milwaukee one. I think he would like to have Mr. Sanders as an opponent. I would I would say I would say that if he was running for you know look Indiana which is my home state that's where I was born had one of the first socialists uh in their state that led the the charge for socialism in America his name was Eugene Debs you might have heard that name in the past uh, he's a historical figure and he I mean he Bernie has nothing on the guy, <laughs> all right? He has nothing on him Have at all other than I don't think that Eugene Debs uh, honeymooned in Moscow. Oh, darn. He missed out. All right, he missed out on that. But the, the, the bottom line is that uh, America is not ready for socialism. We'll never be ready as far as I'm concerned. And if people understand the foundations of our country, they won't be ready either. Well, when you start really, if you start digging into it, you'll understand why you're not ready, because it's nothing on which this country was founded on. Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. We are a Judeo-Christian country. We believe in freedom. We believe in liberty, or at least and that's the way I believe. In the First Amendment, and today I was wearing my brand new hoodie, and uh, Elizabeth took a picture. I think she's already posted Trying to it, get it on Facebook. On Facebook, and what does what does my hoodie say, Elizabeth? Facts don't care about your feelings. That's exactly right. Okay, and then another one that I'm going to order, and I think it's a Ben Shapiro shirt. And it says, um, your truth doesn't matter if it isn't the truth. All right. I I get so tired of hearing people say, my truth, my my truth. truth. Yeah. Is it the truth, though? Because there's only one. There's either something that's either true or it's not true. That's because they get up every day and every morning they get to totally decide, you know, look down their pants, decide if they're male or female, yeah. figure out what genders they're going to use for the day, decide how they're going to approach the their whole truth. world, their truth That's every it. day. Now, the the uh, senator said something in my interview with him dealing with uh, impeachment, saying that he had heard that Nancy Pelosi is talking about continuing the uh, new articles of impeachment. It just so happens that I have some audio of that. And here's Nancy Pelosi talking today. Again, do you think it's possible that the House might have to file new articles of impeachment? Well, let's just see what the Senate does. The ball will be in their court soon. And uh, as I say, uh, we think that uh, the American people have been very fair about saying, yes, we do want to see witnesses. That wasn't part of the discussion three weeks ago. All right. There you go. She's already, you know, we can, we got, we can do more articles of impeachment. You know, now I'm thoroughly convinced they really have no intention to follow the process all the way through. No, absolutely all they want to do is hang up the presidency, which they've done since the moment he stepped into office. I just got to say. They're not doing their jobs, folks. They're leaving us hanging. The president is doing his job. You looked at your 401k lately? All right. Absolutely. My 401k is doing pretty doggone good. And I can tell you this, if this China deal absolutely happens and they sign, they have a big ceremony and they sign uh, this part one of three of a trade deal, uh, my 401k is, I'm going to be thanking him more about it. I'm just going to be thanking him a whole lot more about it. So the NASDAQ's up, what, 80% or something? Uh, I mean, some last huge... year, the, the uh, uh, Dow Jones was up. 29 percent 29 percent that's phenomenal go look at your 401k yeah oh yeah it means it mean, it's meaning a lot and everybody says well just rich people have 401 no 75 percent of americans own a 401k well that's the majority the way the majority of folks retire nowadays obviously there yeah. are no pensions anymore nope, nope. you gotta put your money away and right. let it build and if they would be so nice to let me do that with my social security i would have and i'd have a lot more money getting ready for retirement now than I do right now, just to be honest. I kind of liked the idea of being able to control your own Social Security yeah, privatized kind of thing. Can't yep. do it, though. Can't do it. Yeah, you can't get uh, health care or anything. Without uh, the govies being involved. Without them being involved in everything. They, they've got their fingers in it all. But anyway, Nancy Pelosi, you know, leaving the door open for new articles of impeachment. We believe that the... That the people can see, blah, 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 blah. 
you know. Do you think she has finally accepted that she is no longer the head of her party? Pretty soon she will not be Speaker of the House. Well, because you yeah. remember, she said the last time she was elected, two more years and she was done. So, so another term limited, I'll do whatever I like because it doesn't matter. You can't touch me working. person. Got that's it. kind of the way Got that it's it. working. So I made the statement at the end of my interview about how the Democratic Party has been running interference for the Ayatollah over there in uh, Iran. You don't believe me? Here's Nancy Pelosi again, cut number two, and talking about the protesters in the streets in Iran. We're seeing now demonstrations in the streets of Iran against the regime. Do you support those protesters, and would it be a good thing if they brought the regime down? Well, the regime, the protesters are are protesting, as I understand it, this brand of protesters, about the fact that that plane went down. And many students uh, were on that plane, and these are largely students in the street. I think the Iranians should have not had commercial flights going off when there they're was... They're calling a, out the regime for lying. They're saying death to Khamenei as well. No, well, whatever it is. But the fact is this. Yeah, the, the, there is. were protesters in the streets before against the regime. After the taking out of Soleimani, there were protesters in the street joined together as you know, against us. That wasn't good. Taking down this plane is a terrible, terrible tragedy. And they should be held accountable for letting commercial flights go at a time that was so so dangerous. Uh, but there are different reasons why uh, people are in the street. Uh, of course, we would love to see uh, the aspirations of the people of Iran uh, realized uh, with a better clearly, situation woman. there. But escalating uh, the situation, unless we've exhausted every other remedy. Which we haven't? Well, we don't know that. Uh, we don't know that. That's and, right, and so it's shut the up. First, Close uh, your pie uh, hole. First action to be taken on the threat of... Uh, uh, there, there are a lot of bad actors who are doing bad things and threatening bad things to us. We know that, Iran being one of them, and it being a uh, its proxies uh, doing bad things to our, our interests throughout the world. But how do we deal with that in a way that calms rather than escalates? Very, very simply, Nancy, do what you've always been doing for the last uh, how many years? Sit on your hands and do nothing. This president does something... And you guys have apoplexy, apoplexy. You know, you're going to have a heart attack. The heck of it is, if he hadn't done it, they would have been all over him for not doing it. Yeah, if something had happened. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I don't think it was a matter of if, it was just a matter of when something else happened. And they would have found out that our intelligence had known. Oh, they would have wanted to hang him out to dry. That, that's the old damn if you do, damned if you don't. Well, and that's the game they're playing. Of course Because it, it has nothing to, this is what I tried to explain to someone else. You can get all tangled up in all these details and the facts of this and that and the other thing, which we need to be interested in, but on their side, they don't care. They only care about one thing, orange man bad, period. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anything that fits. Let me take you back about, oh, I don't know, it would have been before Obama was president, and, and there, the Democrats at times could be sat down and talked to, especially when... Uh, the country's uh, uh, defense was in question. I didn't ever think I would miss Sam Nunn, but I, like, I do. I like Sam Nunn. I mean, when I it came know. to the defense of this country. 
Well, a Democrat who understood that we have to have a strong military and we must protect the homeland. Well, let's talk about another Democrat that knew that, and he was on uh, this weekend. His name is Joe Lieberman. Yes, he was on this weekend. Yeah, here's what Lieberman had to say about the Democrats and opposing a terrorist killing. Senator, good to see you. You too, Paul. Thank you. So um, uh, when you say it deserves more bipartisan support, uh, why? Well, to me, it just seems uh, the the killing of Soleimani seems so eminently in the national security interest of the United States. I mean, everybody by now knows the record. Uh, You can hold them responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Americans directly uh, since uh, over the last 15 years and thousands of others, all those including Democrats who, who are deservedly uh, are critical of, of standing back in Syria and watching uh, more than half a million people killed there, uh, can put the blame mostly on Soleimani, without whom uh, Assad never would have still been there. So um, this is, again, a reflection, I'm afraid, of how partisan, tribal our politics have come. And this, to me, is an extreme of it. If you can't agree that it's the right thing to do for the United States to kill, to take off the battlefield, a general as literally in the war against us, mm-hmm. then, then what can we agree on without partisan politics? Well, it, it's, it's striking to me because this is Iran in particular, which, as you know, going back to the revolution in 1979, has right. been targeting Americans. And many uh, Democrats over the years, including Chuck Schumer and others, have been, right. you know, said, look, we have to get tougher against Iran. What, what's behind it? Why the change now? Is it, is it just Donald Trump? I, I really think it is. It's Donald Trump and the increasing uh, partisanization, uh, partisanship of, uh, of American politics. You are absolutely right. For years, uh, in the face of Iranian aggression against us, including all that they did training and equipping Iraqi militias, w- which went, in, uh, went back into Iraq uh, and killed over 600 American soldiers by conclusion of our State Department. Uh, official count. Official count. Uh, uh, people like Chuck Schumer, right across the bipartisan board, supported economic sanctions. We didn't want to uh, go to war against Iran. Uh, economic sanctions against them to squeeze Iran so that they would stop doing what they were doing. And why why did this become a point of uh, the killing of Soleimani, become a point of, of partisan disagreement? Uh, I think it's got to be because we're so partisan generally and because it, we're at a point where Whatever Donald Trump does, President Trump does, uh, Democrats will oppose. There you go. Democrats will oppose no matter what President Trump does, because we become, as he said, he, he, he said partisan, but he added another word to it. Tribal. tribal. You want to know you want to know what tribal is? Tribal is Afghanistan. They're tribal. All right. And we're moving that way. And the Democrats have proven that they have moved moved that way. All right, a break, and then we'll come back, finish up this hour here at the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's uh, finish up this hour. And uh, I, I just flipped over to Fox News. Do you know what the biggest story, according to them, is right now? Oh, Lord, this uh, this no really amazes telling. me. I, I don't, uh, this is such a non-story to me. How many salt shakers Queen, did? <laughs> no, Queen Elizabeth issued statement after oh. Royal mm-hmm. Family Summit to discuss future plans of Harry and Meghan. Pierce Morgan, Prince Harry, a weak whiner. Accusations of racism toward Meghan Markle, a downright lie. 
Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, hiding out at Canadian billionaire Frank Joostra's mansion. Mm-hmm. Meghan Markle, Prince Harry's Mexit. Megxit is Megxit, what they're calling now. Yeah. Is Queen Elizabeth Megan. partly to blame for royal crisis? And then how much money does the British royal family earn? <laughs> Here's the funny I saw. It's a picture of Yoko Ono, and it says, I broke up the Beatles. And then there's a picture of Meghan Markle, and it says, hold my beer. <laughs> break up the royal family. There I mean, I really am not, number one, I'm not a royal watcher, but no. I have to say, I am not impressed. No. I am not at all impressed. I, you know, I just don't get it. So uh, President Trump's reelection campaign now has deemed Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, the indisputable front runner in the Democratic I primary. I told you he wanted him as an opponent. As polling shows the Democratic Socialists rising in Iowa just weeks before the caucuses, kicking off the nominating season. Said uh, a senior Trump campaign official, there is no mistaking that Bernie Sanders has to be considered the front runner now. The Des Moines Register over the weekend published the results of its latest poll showing Sanders leading in the state. That poll has Sanders with 20%, Warren at 17, Buterig at 16, Biden at 15. Buttigieg, I guess is how it is. The official, <laughs> the official indicated the Des Moines Register poll combined with Sanders' response to the situation in Iran is why there has been an uptick in attacks on Sanders from the president and his campaign. Quote, we try to engage with the Democratic candidates as they present themselves as opportunities, said the aide. It just so happened that for a long time, Joe Biden was a gaffe a minute, and we focused a lot on him. But this whole episode with Iran revealed just how dangerous Sanders would be if he were somehow to become president. Elaborating on Sanders, the official said, quote, he has shown himself to be an apologist for the Iranian regime and someone whose first instinct is to appease states that support terrorism. He's dangerous, highlighting that was necessary. The campaign's elevation of Sanders could be strategic and a reflection of who the campaign would prefer to compete with in a general election. Jim Messina, former President Barack Obama's 2012 campaign manager, recently told Political, quote, If I were a campaign manager for Donald Trump and I look at the field, I would very much want to run against Bernie Sanders. But the Trump campaign insists that it has no preference. Doesn't matter who it is, the proposal the eventual nominee will have will be so liberal and so extreme as to be outside the mainstream. It truly does not matter to us which one of them will be carrying the banner. On Twitter on uh, today, Trump appeared to be fanning the flames of the rivalry between Sanders and Warren, referencing a report that Sanders' campaign has volunteers pushing anti-Warren talking points in Iowa. Trump tweeted that Sanders, quote, volunteers are trashing Warren. And Warren came out trashing Sanders, her people now saying that <laughs> he told her a woman couldn't win the presidency ah, this time. So ah, there let's you, take the easy way there out. There you go. Got it out there play, playing the sexism card Yeah, now. I just am not running a good campaign, so I'll blame it on sexism we'll it or on racism. Sexism. That's yeah, it. let's do that. But it's so fun to watch them deconstruct right in front of me. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad you're with us. 101.1 FM, The Answer, Elizabeth. 
thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me, always as always. A pleasant and uh, sitting around and talking to Senator Bozeman with me. That was great. Robert Steinbach is ready to come, and we'll hear from uh, the senator again at 535. All that's coming your way in a moment uh, from the home of Rush Limbaugh, no matter what the other station says. show four o'clock some of you are on your way home be careful out there the traffic's going to be crazy from now until about 5 35 then it just start letting up because by the time i leave the studio at six uh, i can get through here pretty pretty uh you know dq just to let you know pdq as we like to say uh so that's good i gotta play aoc was on uh one of the talking heads. Oh, she's my favorite. Robert. It, what? She's like, uh, no. she's wait, like, who? she's like Did shooting. Be, she's like huh? shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, wait, what? Okay. So we're going to do that. AOC was talking about the climate crisis, saying that it's causing her anxiety about having children cut for. You're, you're kind of the, the mother of the, the Green New Deal and what's going on right now. The situation in Australia right now, what are your thoughts on, on what everything going on there? Oh, I mean, it's horrifying. And I think it shows just how bad things can get. Uh, once, once you have our environment that gets dry enough to a point, hot enough to a point, fires that even that would have started even as a, a typical wildfire season fire now start to kind of add on to all of these compounding effects. You and, you know, Greta Thunberg, two, you know, really generally young people taking a lead. What do you guys get about it being young as the old people aren't getting right now? I mean, this is our future because I think for us, the stakes are so high. I'm going to live in a world that is fundamentally altered um, by climate change. So is Greta. So is every young person. You know, you are pretty much under the... First of all, we're seeing it now. Like, we're living through this right now. We're experiencing it right now. But especially if you are under 50 years old, if you're under 40, 30, you know, 20, the younger you are, the more of our lives and our futures are going to be impacted by this. And, you know, even people my age are are stressed and have anxiety about having kids. Um, just because we want to make sure that we're bringing our kids into a healthy world, into a stable future. And we shouldn't ever have to be anxious about that. We, we need to be advocating for a safe future for all of us. All right, what's your message to the president? Does the president need to need to do something, step up here? He needs to get his act together. He needs to stand up to the fossil fuel corporations and the fossil fuel industry. He needs to stand up to big oil, to big gas. But I think he's in their pocket. Okay, so I... I I heard this, and I said, I, 
I have to play this, not because it's important to hear what she had to say, but for me to be able to say my greatest anxiety is that she will have children. I had a related thought, which was, I hope she continues to have that anxiety. Yeah, that she won't have children. Indeed. (laughs) By the way, big oil, big what's small oil? I'm just curious. What, what, What is small oil and small gas? I think she's... The longer that AOC goes without having any kids, mm-hmm. the better. The better. So bring on global climate change. I'm just saying. If that keeps us from having AOC children, little crumb cr- you know, catchers running around, I'm more than happy. I heard it. recently that the ozone hole that was going to be the death of us all has been closing up. Yeah, that they took my... Uh, my uh, Gillette men and men spray underarm deodorant. They took the propellant out of it. I still run outside and I spray it outside just when it's cold. I figure maybe it'll warm it up a little bit. No, is that not how it works? If I just go outside, I, I turn the car and I leave You know, it they on. took the signs down in Yellowstone Park saying that the glaciers were going to be melted by 2020. They yeah, had to take them they're down. They're going to be oh around for a lot they're longer. They're going to be around. <laughs> I got to get Russ on. Russ is over there uh, in, the, in, the, in the producer's room. You remember, Russ, when... They moved away from having the uh, fluorocarbon propellant in the aerosol deodorant cans, and they went to that pump for a while. Oh, Do you yeah, remember, I remember that? that. that and was the and you ended up like sticking, you stuck your <laughs> your underarms together. You you do that, and you couldn't raise your arms up because your your pits were were completely stuck. Is it, is yeah, this the, is this the high bra? Together. They were. They true. <laughs> is this the highbrow kind of analysis that we've come to expect from the Dave Ellsworth show? <laughs> it was that, that, yeah, your pits. We had that. And the other thing <laughs> was they wanted you to go to the ball. You know, some of the them came up ball. with the, the roll-on, you know. Yeah. You did the same thing. Yeah, band roll-on. You know, what was nasty about that is that it would pull your hairs okay. out. You know and, what? And you had Folks, armpit hairs all over. we're going to go to commercial now. <laughs> Zach, Zach, go to commercial. You know, you, you I'm just saying. Do us a favor. Head, Dave, oh come back gosh. for more highbrow discussion. The little oh bitty hairs gosh. that are left on there and... Yanks them off, and it gives you that fun feeling on the top of your head. That's true. Like you're getting your. It was pulling like them through my. It was pulling them through my the scalp. They pulled it through my scalp, and they came out my armpit. Dave, you've, you've got just... no hair on your scalp. <laughs> that's that's scalp. All right, no we got to get a uh, we got to get a break. Please, Elizabeth, out enough now. Now she's leaving. Have a safe trip home. Don't get run over out there. On 40, okay? You be careful. All right, we'll take a break. Robert Steinbach and I will be back here at 101.1 FM. The answer, the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. All right, if you were with the show in the last hour, I played a, a piece from Nancy Pelosi who she literally is dismissing the protesters in Iran. You know, that there there's different reasons why they were all out in the street Let me talk about what the president said first, because I want you to hear the differences between a Republican and a Democrat. President Trump, in this early morning tweet, tweeter, Twitter, tweet, it's a tweet, tweet uh, out on Sunday, called on the Iranian leaders to halt a crackdown on the protesters. To the leaders of Iran, do not kill your protesters. Thousands have already been killed or imprisoned by you, and the world is watching. More importantly, the USA is watching. Turn your internet back on and let reporters roam free. 
He then urged Iran's leadership to, quote, stop the killing of your great Iranian people. His message came about a day after he wrote a post in what? Farsi. He wrote it in Farsi. That's the language of Iran. I think someone translated it for him, by the way. Probably so. (laughs) Expressing support for the protesters who demonstrated in Tehran after the regime. Here's what he had to say. To the brave and suffering Iranian people, I have stood with you since the beginning of my presidency. And our government will continue to stand with you. We are following your protest closely. Your courage is inspiring. That was in Farsi. He delivered that to uh, the Iranian people. Now, here's the Speaker of the House. This is the third person in line. To become president of the United States if the president and the vice president were tragically somehow killed. All right. This person would become president. Nancy Pelosi would be president. And here's how she looks at the uh, protesters in Iran. We're seeing now demonstrations in the streets of Iran against the regime. Do you support those protesters and would it be a good thing? If they brought the regime down. Well, the regime, the protesters are are protesting, as I understand, this brand of protesters about the fact that that plane went down. And many students uh, were on that plane. And these are largely students in the street. I think the Iranians should have not had commercial flights going off when there was... They're calling out the regime for lying. They're saying death to Khamenei as well. No. Well, whatever it is. But the fact is this. There were protesters in the streets before against the regime. After the taking out of Soleimani, there were protesters in the street joined together, as you know, against us. That wasn't good. Taking down this plane is a terrible, terrible tragedy. And they should be held accountable for letting commercial flights go at a time that was so, so dangerous. Uh, but there are different reasons why uh, people are in the street. Uh, of course, we would love to see uh, the aspirations of the people of Iran uh, realized uh, with a better situation there. But escalating uh, the situation, unless we've exhausted every other remedy. Which we haven't? Well, we don't know that. Uh, we don't know that. And, and if the first uh, uh, first action to be taken on the threat of... Uh, there, there are a lot of bad actors who are doing bad things and threatening bad things to us. We know that, Iran being one of them, and it being a, uh, its proxies uh, doing bad things to our, our interests throughout the world. But how do we deal with that in a way that calms rather than escalating? Yeah, without escalating, that's what she was saying. If you're listening to that, she just went around in circles to say nothing. Absolutely nothing. To say nothing. Now, she did say some things in there, but you got to kind of look between the lines. All right. They had the opportunity to do things to the Iranians when the Democrat was in the White House. Did they? Well, yeah, they sent him They sent him all kinds of money. They sent him billions of dollars. They, One they, point something billion dollars in cash. Yeah, they set, they set up a... Uh, they set up a, a nuclear plan that allowed them to get a bomb, but 10 years down the road so that some other uh, president had to deal with it. Not only that, to be clear, what was in the mind of, a, of Kerry and Obama was that Obama, excuse me, that Iran is entitled to a bomb. Yeah. Meaning 
These are a bunch of globalists who believe that power is too concentrated in the democracies like America, like Israel, and they want to share that power with theocracies like Iran. You know what I say to that, Dave? Uh, no, thanks. Yeah, I don't. No, thanks. Uh, I don't want them to have a bomb. Can you only imagine no. how crazy they are? How many thousands of people they've killed? And by the way, Nancy, they about uh, Soleimani, and you're talking about the people that were out in the street lamenting his death. That's because news media didn't go out and cover the people who were rejoicing. And falling on their knees and thanking God in heaven that the man was dead. They didn't go that, to that part of Iran because they weren't allowed to because the regime didn't let them cover it. They got out because you can't, now with technology, you can't cut it all off. Something's going to get out, and it did. It just, incre- it just amazes me. The Democrat way is to sit on your hands. They're still Do apologizing nothing. for the killing of Suleimani, or as my neighbor's kid says, salami. But in any event, <laughs> salami. <laughs> you like that? Huh? Yeah, uh, they so, sliced him up pretty oh, good. Oh, they sliced him and diced him, let they me did. tell you. They did do that. And I've got no problem with it at all. I heard over the weekend a gentleman talk <clears throat> about this who I had a lot of respect for. He was a Democrat, but I still had respect for him. And his name is Joe Lieberman. Mm-hmm. Senator Lieberman, have respect for the guy. He, was ne- he wasn't always on the right side, but here's what he was always on the right side about, protecting the United States of America. He was about making sure the defense of this country was up to snuff. Here's what he had to say about the Democrats. Senator, good to see you. You too, Paul. Thank you. So um, uh, when you say it deserves more bipartisan support, uh, Why? Well, to me, it just seems uh, the the killing of Soleimani seems so eminently in the national security interest of the United States. I mean, everybody by now knows the record. Uh, You can hold them responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Americans directly uh, since uh, over the last 15 years and thousands of others. All those, including Democrats, who who, uh, deservedly uh, are critical of, of standing back in Syria and watching uh, more than half a million people killed there, uh, can put the blame mostly on Soleimani, without whom uh, Assad never would have still been there. So um, this is, again, a reflection, I'm afraid, of how partisan, tribal our politics have come. And this, to me, is an extreme of it. If you can't agree that it's the right thing to do for the United States to kill, to take off the battlefield, a general as literally in the war against us, mm-hmm. then, then what can we agree on without partisan politics? Well, it, it's, it's striking to me because this is Iran in particular, which, as you know, going back to the revolution in 1979, has right. been targeting Americans. And many uh, Democrats over the years, including Chuck Schumer and others, have been, right. you know, said, look, we have to get tougher against Iran. What, what's behind it? Why the change now? Is it, is it just Donald Trump? I, I really think it is. It's Donald Trump and the increasing... Uh, partisanization, uh, partisanship of uh, of American politics. You are absolutely right. For years, uh, in the face of Iranian aggression against us, including all that they did, training and equipping Iraqi militias, w- which went in, uh, went back into Iraq 
uh, and killed over 600 American soldiers by conclusion of our State Department. Uh, official count. Official count. Uh, uh, people like Chuck Schumer, right across the bipartisan board, supported economic sanctions. We didn't want to uh, go to war against Iran. Uh, economic sanctions against them to squeeze Iran so that they would stop doing what they were doing. And why why did this become a point of uh, the killing of Soleimani, become a point of, of partisan disagreement? Uh, I think it's got to be because we're so partisan generally and because it, we're at a point where Whatever Donald Trump does, President Trump does, uh, Democrats will oppose. There you go. Exactly. What do you want to say? Do you have anything you want to say about that? I just think that he well, was right on. He's right on the money. It's the Trump derangement syndrome. I, I, I have no claim that I invented that term, right? Meaning this is popular culture at this point. Everybody knows this. And here's the most interesting thing about it, Dave. They are so anti-Trump. That they're defending Soleimani, or as we say, Salami. Right. They're defending Salami. Salami was a great, he was a leader of their, what? What? Well, they assess, the guy was a combatant in a foreign country, in uniform, killing Americans. Well, we didn't know if it was imminent. What? You can kill him at any time. Yep. We killed Osama bin Laden appropriately. He was holed up. In Pakistan, in a home with no phone or internet. Why was that not a problem? You know why? Because the Republicans didn't object to what President Obama did. And who was president? It was Obama, of course, right? But the Democrats have so lost their lids now that anything Trump does. And the irony is, Dave, that this simply plays into the president's hand, which I think is great. But they're so bad at their strategy at this point. That's like Obama, excuse me, Obama, Pelosi's brilliant tactic of we're not going to give you the impeachment articles. And so what does Mitch McConnell say? Um, okay. Uh, okay, great. Well, sure. you know, I had uh, Senator Bozeman on, and he said we didn't want it anyway. Well, exactly. That's the point, right? They, they don't want to go we don't do a trial it. anyway. We don't You're going to hold back what we don't want? Here's a big flaming... A paper bag full of dog poo. Yeah. But we're not going to give it to you. Good! Keep it! And then he said something else. I, I asked him about witnesses today on the Senate side, and he said, uh, and I brought up the, the Clinton trial, and he said uh, that I was right. They didn't call witnesses on the Senate side. What they did is they brought into, uh, I don't know what the official legal term was, uh, they read they brought oh, the transcripts. They the transcripts, transcripts that were were Intrigue. taken in right, right. the house. There you go. It's up to the house to make the case. It's up to the Senate to look at the case that the house makes and say, does it reach the limit of high crimes and misdemeanors? And as he said today, they missed it by a long shot, Dave. <laughs> well, you recall they started with um, what's it, quid pro. Quo, nobody understood what they were talking about. Right. They said, oh, well, it's bribery. And everybody said, but even if what you said is true, that's not bribery. Where's the bribe? Where's the bribe? There's no bribery. So then they, they but up until they spring, But before bribery, they tried treason. Oh, did they try? Well, they, they did they try treason. It's treasonous. You yeah. know, it's just, it, it's almost like listening to the teacher from the Peanuts. Right, so wah, 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 wah. There's nothing there. We got to get that sound effect uh, 
Zach, the, the teacher from Peanuts, you know, the Peanuts sound effects cartoon. that they use for the Peanuts cartoon? Yeah. He doesn't know. He's too young. Zach is what? How old are you, Zach? 25. Eight, 17? Six? How old? Right? You know? I'm telling you, these kids, they don't know nothing these days. <laughs> nothing, I tell you. I did. I love it. It's a, it. They used, I'm sure that was a... Um, uh, a trumpet that they used for this. Right. Wah, 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 wah. Right. They used the end, right. the the cap thing that they put on them, the, mu- the muffle or whatever they called it. I don't know what they called it. But anyway, yeah, it, it, uh, if you listen to that, what she said about the Iranians out in the street, well, it depends on which Iranians you're talking about. The ones that were out. Pro- he asked you specifically about the ones that were asking for the overthrow of the of the regime and death to Khomeini. I thought the you know I'm not a big uh, you know uh, snuffle up of this fan, but mm-hmm. I got to I got to tell you at least he was pretty clear on that question. All right, news is up. We'll be back. One hundred one one FM, the home of Rush. Robert Steinbach is here. He is a uh, legal professor over at uh, the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily that of the school or the university. And uh, you were on with me on Friday mm. on short notice, in fact, because you and, uh, and Chris Corbett have filed a lawsuit uh, against the, uh, what is it, the county judge? Right. It's it's technically against the people that administer the courthouses in Pulaski County. So that's what's called the county judge. But remember, in, in the counties in Arkansas, the county judge is like the mayor. It's a county right. mayor. Okay. It's, not, it's not a judge at okay. all. It has oh, nothing okay. to do with the courthouse in the sense that he doesn't sit in the courthouse in a robe. So it's a little bit confusing. So we, we're, we're suing the county judge and we're suing the county sheriff. Because the county judge hires the security for the building, and the sheriff provides the law enforcement for the building. Okay. And Chris Corbett, who is a lawyer. Yes. In other words, an officer of the court, and in a moment you'll see why that's important, tried to go into court, and he said, hey, I've got a carry license. Am I allowed to carry in here? And they said no. And he said, but here's this law written by Bob Ballinger. And passed. And passed. By the Senate and by the House House and signed signed by by the governor. governor. It's law. It's law. I didn't say a bill. It's a law. Correct. Right? And here's this law that says uh, cops and others and, wait for it, officers of the court. Which is attorneys. Which which means attorneys may carry uh, handguns in the courthouse and in the courtroom. So we filed... We filed that lawsuit, and we're pursuing it. This and, is, and rightly this so. Is, and and there's two, this is what we call in academia impact litigation, meaning the purpose here is not whether or not Chris himself can come into court or not come into court, although obviously that's a goal. This it's is to make sure everyone attorney meets the requirements. That's right. We're only seeking what's known as injunctive relief, fancy word for saying we're not seeking money. We're not, we're not, oh, look, we try to try. No, no money. We want the court to do the right thing and follow the law as enacted by the, the, the legislature. The legislature, yeah. And indeed, there was a very good Dem Gaz article today that said, actually, that language comes from a previous law. Now, it was in the previous law and, and Bob's law 
I think, made it clearer. But I don't care where the credit goes. The previous law was enacted by, wait for it, Dave, a Democrat. See, that tells you you're like Reagan. doesn't matter who gets the credit That's right. as long as you get it done. That's right. And they called this Democrat, uh, who's no longer in the legislature, and she said, yeah, we wanted lawyers to be able to carry guns in court because we had this ba- bad shootout by some, can I say it, crazy guy uh, who came, I think it was in Fort Smith. Um, either Fort Smith or Hot Springs, I can't recall, but in any event. Yeah, you want right. you don't want happening here what happened in Austin, Texas, where a guy, in fact, it was uh, Woody Harrelson's father, if I'm not mistaken, who shot a judge. Exactly. As he walked out of the court. Exactly. And and lawyers are some of the most law-abiding people, of course. They've got to satisfy a whole set of standards. They should be entitled to carry a gun in the court. By the way, I'm not here to argue the policy. You know why? Because it's the law. That's right. It's already a law. It's a law. I heard people say, well, somebody on the uh, the tweet gram. Did I get that right, Zach? On the tweet gram said, oh, well, this is... This is the dumbest thing I've read today. And I and I figured, well, maybe it's the only thing he read today. But in any event, he said, uh, 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 the only people that should be carrying guns in the courtroom are people with badges. Really? Really? Good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. There aren't enough around. That You're exactly right. Go look at the church in Texas recently. See, he sounds like Bloomberg. Right. Bloomberg, who sits there in an interview and characterizes... A semi-automatic, semi-automatic weapon is the one that goes da 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 da. Yeah, he said that. Right, meaning it's a machine gun. It's a fully automatic weapon. And this is what drives me crazy about those on the left. It's one thing. I don't like those who get caught up in jargon, you know. And if you, if you, oh well, you called it a a clip instead of a magazine. And truthfully, what we generally use in guns today are magazines, because clips are the things in the old guns that you would stick in, you know, yeah, and strip yeah. off the bullets. But call it a clip, okay? We know what you. That's we knew it. what you're talking, what you're talking about. about. But if you have no idea about what that weapon actually is, how it actually operates. You hear, well, you know, the, the semi-automatic so-called assault weapon shoots faster than other... Ri- no, it don't. No, it shoots as fast as you can pull the trigger. That's exactly right. That's how right. fast it is. Always And you has. can pull the trigger... Always will. ...just as quickly on an assault, so-called assault weapon as you can on a hunting rifle. By the way, many hunting rifles are based on the, the, the old military weapon of an M1. Why is that not an assault weapon? That that was a military weapon. Mm -hmm. By the way, the round that is used in the so-called assault weapon is a smaller round than those that are used in hunting rifles. That the yeah, because I use a three hundred eight, which is much better, much bigger bigger round than what you got. It's like four times the size of the round used in the so-called assault weapon. So they want more power. Is that what they want? They don't even understand. But they're wrapped up in in their mantra of anti-gun uh, indoctrination, and they have no idea what they're talking. They may wind up still being anti-gun. But here's my advice to the left: get at least a modicum, a modicum of understanding. As you know, Dave, I am the faculty advisor over at the law school for the 
Second Amendment Society started by someone that I met on your show here uh, before even at law school. And she is a conservative. And we set up an event last semester. We're going to do another one of them where we went to the Mayflower shooting range. As you know, that's in Had David. some fun. That's right. And that's in David Ray's uh, future district yeah. as a representative who I've endorsed. In any event, we go, we opened it up to students and faculty, in fact, and, and said, look, if you know how to shoot, great, come down. But if you don't know how to shoot, if you've never shot a gun. Come down and let us show you. Yeah. If you think or even know that you are, quote, anti-gun, if you don't like guns, come get exposure. If you leave. Just as anti-gun as you came, have at it. We're not here to indoctrinate you on anything. We are only here to show you how this device operates. Mm -hmm. I think people need to know more about the things of which they speak. Well, of course. All right, let's talk to John. He's down in Benton. John, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Hey, man, this is just now coming up, but, you know, Okay, I talked to the other uh, radio station, and they shut me down and all the phone calls because uh, about the refugees they want to bring in, yes. know, the 25 families. Yes. And I brought up the fact that, hey, in South Arkansas, you have families living in, you know, like tar paper shacks, and uh, why don't you take 25 families from South Arkansas and move them up to Fayetteville into their you know, most expensive town to live in in Arkansas, pretty much, and uh, keep it in Arkansas instead of bringing them from Africa. You know, we can find them here and bring up our Arkansas people instead of doing that. That was, and uh, that's that's the point I really want to get out. And then my other point is is how they snuck through. Um, the tobacco where you got to be 21 to buy a cigarette now. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was vaping. You don't know it's vape, all tobacco and vaping. Okay. So they went to 21 on that. Yeah. They went to 21, but you can vote when you're 18. Mm -hmm. They want your vote. They want you to be able to get drafted. Well, there's, uh, there's no such thing as the draft. They can serve in the military at 18. Right, I know, but if they brought the draft back, you know, like they did in Vietnam, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, you got to sign have, up for the what, what's that you still called? Gotta, selective, you know, selective service. service. You still got to yes. sign up. You got to sign up in case there ever is a draft at 18, and you can't go to college unless you sign up if you're a male. Yep, uh, I know that for sure because my son had to do that. But you know, I'm I'm tired of them taking away the 18 year olds. You know right to do whatever you know it's like you're supposed to be an adult but you can't drink or smoke it's like i was in the air force you know 24 years and when i went in in 84 i could drink on base you know i could buy liquor on base you know i couldn't do it downtown but i could do it on base now let me ask a question because if i remember correctly because i was in the service the same time you was uh if you were 18 to 21 you had to drink three two beer though right no, it all depends on what the state, you, you know, it's like in Colorado, you did when, you know, I was in tech school in Colorado and, uh, you know, it was three, two beer downtown, but if it wasn't three, two beer, cause I went to Vegas, you know, after tech school, 
and uh you know i could it was you know regular beer one three two okay and uh you know and then clinton screwed that all up i don't i don't know in the 90s clinton's the one who took made it where you had to go by what your local laws were oh yeah so if so if you went overseas you could drink yep but you, if you were stuck in the United States, you couldn't drink, you know, which didn't make any whole lot of sense to me. And then um, now, I'm I'm with you, John. I think that if you can tote a gun and defend your country at 18, you should be able to smoke a cigarette if you're 18. Right. And then, like I said, they just take, you know, these 18 year olds, you know, hey, they need to start standing up and calling their their senators and congressmen and say, hey. Wait a minute. You know, you already took my right to drink away. Now you're taking my right to smoke away. Now what else are you gonna take away from me? I'm I'm with you, John. I'm I'm firmly with you on that. And you're exactly right. They do have the right to vote. So as a registered voter, and if you're not registered, get registered, call up your elected representative, state level and federal level, and let them know how you feel about it, and then post on Facebook and a few other places and see what kind of support that you get. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. Robert Steinbach is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got a lot more coming your way on 101.1 FM, The Answer, home of Rush Limbaugh. Okay, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 10 minutes till 5 o'clock. Don't forget, coming up at 535, if you missed it, we're going to replay it for you. We've got a 20-minute interview with Senator John Bozeman. Whenever we get the senator on, I like to uh, play it uh, in the early part of the show and then at the late part of the show when you're, you've know, got a lot more people in your cars yeah, and, and hearing it. Because he had a lot of good things to say today. We talked about, uh, start off with the uh, USMCA, the Mexico-Canadian and American Trade Agreement, and what it meant to, for instance, farmers here in Arkansas, what it meant to... Uh, dairy farmers in Arkansas uh, because uh, Canada was opening up from 1% to 3.5%. That doesn't sound like much, but it turns into a lot when you start adding it up. And then the 62.5% auto components uh, in a car had to be made in Mexico, United States, or Canada has been expanded to 75%. The big thing that's going to do is it will drive up the cost of labor in Mexico, which means that it should cut back on the amount of illegals coming to this country because they, quote, can't get a job that pays a livable wage. That should help that out a little bit. So anyway, we talked a little bit about that. But the big thing we talked about is going to happen Wednesday, and I got the Undersecretary of Agriculture, it looks like, coming on to talk about this. Uh, The president will sign our new first of three parts trade agreement with China. And in that trade agreement, it says that they are going to spend, if I, if I remember correctly, $400 million on produce first two years. That's huge for farmers. It's huge. Robert, I'm just telling you, I believe that when that signed on Wednesday, Get ready Thursday. It's going to look like they set. It's going to look like a dog that had kerosene put on its butt and set on fire. 
I'm just telling you, it's going to be a scalded dog taken off the the uh, the, the stock, stock market. market will be. Well, Trump is the first president who's really made a priority out of advancing American business interests overseas. Remember what they, I brought this up to, to Senator Bozeman. Remember what they said. If Trump got elected, the right. stock market would tank. It'd be in the toilet. They would never, we would never recover. Oh, well, look at what uh, Joe uh, Sloppy, you know. Uh, Biden? Yeah, but I had a good one and I lost it. Zach, I lost it. You're talking about but, Joe Biden with right, the oatmeal With the oatmeal dripping out of, out of his, his mouth, mouth but yeah. I lost the joke. Okay. In any event, uh, oatmeal Joe. I was trying to save you. I know, it was too late. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I flubbed it. So oatmeal Joe says, look, uh, Trump is... Awful. He's devastating. But if you elect me, I can fix it all. Wait. So the what? One, if it if it doesn't need fixing, don't fix it. Well, that's of course the case, right? But he's appealing to those people that hate Trump. But it's really interesting how awful, devastating, world changing Trump is. But he can fix it. But only if you elect him. Is it not the archetype of a snake oil salesman? You know, you feel you don't feel so perfect. I got the cure for that. For it's, everything. For everything. It's Oatmeal Joe. <laughs> That's the cure right there. Spread a little Oatmeal Joe on him. Take away the rash. Rub Drink a little of Oatmeal Joe. Take away the stomachache. Put a cold compress of Oatmeal Joe on the forehead. It'll take away the headache. Oatmeal Joe is everything to everyone. Yep. Except competent. That's the one thing he ain't. He proved that a long time ago. Did you see that Cory Booker dropped out of the race? Yeah, who? he's out. Did you hear who? Who, who was that? Did you hear who, who else went out? Who? Moonbeam oh, love out of her yes. eyes. Yes, the other day I heard done. that Marianne Williamson, Williamson right? she's done. She's yeah. out? She definitely was a, she was channeling 60s love child. She was, Jerry, <laughs> uh, what's the last name from California, former governor? No, I know who you're talking Jerry, about. Jerry, I forget his name. Brown. Jerry Brown, thank you. Governor Moonbeam. Governor Moonbeam. Yeah. I liked her. She brought some spice to the show. <laughs> she brought some flavor to the show. Didn't talk much uh, straight, you know, specific, smart no, but stuff. But here's the thing. She was crazy, and at least she was willing to admit it. Yeah, that's true. I am crazy. That's what she would say. That's it. I believe in love. That's right. Love. Just like, come on, people now. Smile on your brother, everybody get together. Well, I thought you were doing a, a, a oatmeal joke. Come everybody on, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, family of man. Got to get all of that kind of stuff. In. I Usually that's what I play mm-hmm. when I start talking about those type of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start kicking back to the, to the 60s music. When everybody believed peace and love and harmony was, because it was the age of Aquarius. Remember age of Aquarius? It's going to bring it all back. Yeah, it's going to bring make it all happen. Look up, look up, Age of Aquarius on the on the thing there, uh, uh, Zach on the internet on YouTube. Just the song Age of Aquarius, and when you get it, just start playing it. It'll take me back. It'll bring me back to when I was sixteen and stupid, and uh, I actually listened to that stuff and would sing it and knew it was stupid. Then I was still smart enough to know. That ain't nothing but stupidity, man. Man ain't going to ever change. <laughs> Not like that. 
ain't going to change like that. Just, just the way it is. All right. We've got just a couple of moments left. It, Zach's going to find the song for me. He's going to bring it up here we can, so we can hear it. Marilyn McCoo. Dave, I tell everybody when the I come on your dimension. show, listen in. This is substantive discussions. Yeah, and what have I talked about today? You know, age of Aquarius. Putting, putting, uh, roll under, on, antiperspirant. Yeah, stick in your hand. Here we go. Here you are. Here oh, it is. Boy. It'll take you. You ready, Zach? You should not be accommodating him. This is, this is just for Zach. This is for Zach because he's not probably heard this song before. Here we go. Well, they they recorded that wrong. It's, it's, that's that's two track stereo, and the second track isn't there because that's the the vocal. Uh, Here we go. Put your put your hands up. I'm not gonna wave them, baby. I'm not wave them. The age of Aquarius. You remember it? Yeah, come on, boomers. <laughs> Zach, this is what your grandparents listen to. Uh, anyway, enough there. It's enough. We 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 got news coming up. And be glad I didn't ask you to play the uh, Brotherhood of Men. And come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Can we talk some law and politics Yeah, we'll the do break? that in the next half How's hour. that for a crazy We idea? will do that. We will do that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM. The home. The home of Rush Limbaugh. Channeling. 
You can make mountains ring. Check out, come on. Oh, you can sing with it. You can boomers remember this song. Don't worry, folks. We're coming back. Yeah, we're going to move it seriously. Though the bird is on the wing, and you may not know why. Here you go. Sing along now. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. All right, that's enough. That's enough. That's See, enough that's loving one another. That, yeah, that's basically what we hear from the Democrats even today. Even today. Do you know what Warren said? I have heard stupid stuff before, but this is really stupid, mm-hmm. all right? She made the statement, I don't want usable nuclear weapons. That does not make us safer. Wait, what? Wait, what? Let me, she let wants me quote, unusable nuclear let me, weapons? Yeah, let me quote this again. I don't want usable nuclear weapons that does not make us safer. Zach, I think I'm going to have to extend the Oatmeal Joe uh, to uh, Oatmeal Warren as well. She hasn't figured out. Look, I keep telling everybody when I was in the military, I was a SAC guy, Strategic Air Command. doesn't exist anymore. But they had a, their motto was this big B-52, kind of looked like a peace sign. And around it, it said, peace through strength. And at that time, we all understood that the Soviets understood one thing and one thing only. If they had a gun pointed at you, you better have a bigger gun pointed back. It's the same way today. These people, there's more countries now that have nukes than ever before. I mean, you got Pakistan with a nuke. You got India with a nuke. You got Iran trying to get a nuke. Trying to get one, North Korea. North Korea. And uh, you got to have enough firepower to obliterate people. I mean, to obliterate them to call their bluff. This is why I regularly say that there's no such thing as international law. Well, that's a violation of international law. And what? It's, it's like when you go and see the mall security guard, you know, the square tin. And, and he goes, stop, or I'll yell stop again. Meaning international law doesn't actually do anything. Nope. What does something is the enforcement mechanism. And so either you have the ability to enforce what you intend to do, or you don't. I heard one of these lefties complaining about the killing of Salami, and they said, well, what would happen if if the Iranians wanted to kill the vice president? Who said they don't, first of all, Dave? Yeah, they, said, that's why they have security details. Right. They do. What, what if? They do. They would love to. They would love to. Of course, they know that once they did, they would cease to exist. Right. But this is the point. It's, It's what do you mean? What if you think that our failure to kill terrorists like Salami is what is protecting our citizens and our elected leaders? Absolutely not. It's the strength that we have. Well, what if we didn't have that strength? Then we wouldn't be doing so good. That's why what Warren says is so so ridiculous i don't want usable nuclear weapons that does not make us safer of course it does and and if she knows that it does she's pandering to a part of the you know what makes us less safe dave electing someone like warren president that's what makes us less safe here's the other thing that she said over the weekend because she got on nuclear weapons i don't know why but that 
she, I guess she felt like she had to to come in and, and say something about nuclear weapon policy. She said she advocates for a, quote, no first use nuclear weapon policy. If I were president, I would never agree to that. I not. want the other side not to have any idea what I'm going to do with the nuclear arsenal that we have. It, the whole thing is absurd. She lays out these blanket claims about international safety. She doesn't have a clue. Not a clue. And by the way, I'm not claiming that I'm an expert on defense, but I've got common sense, something she seems to be lacking entirely. These people are out. Each one of the Democrats who remain tries to outleft the other Democrats. By the way, I find it entirely hysterical that the over the cliff lefties who are entire entirely captured by identity politics have now withered to an all white stage. Now, let me be clear, folks. I don't care. And the two leaders are old white men. Old white men. I don't care if they're all white men. I don't care if it's no, an all white either. stage. I don't care if it's an all black stage. I don't care if it's a mixed stage. Meaning, I'm not choosing a candidate based on his race that's white, black, Hispanic, whatever. But the lefties, the lefties are the ones that tell you that a substantive requirement is this diversity of appearance. Not diversity of thought. They're all a bunch of leftists, this diversity of appearance. And yet they don't have it because there's no substance to what they're talking about. You know what uh, Elizabeth also said? What's that? She said the survival of our planet depends on the 2020 election. And I will agree with that. That's why you should not vote for Elizabeth Warren. But that's the point. (laughs) And And I know you're joking, but that's the oatmeal Joe comment, right? Oatmeal Joe is... Trump is going to destroy this world, and only I can save it for you. Really? Really? You couldn't rent me a car, Joe. But at least he's smart enough not to say, I don't want usable nuclear weapons. That does not make us safer. At least I haven't heard him say that one. He might might say it if he thinks he'll get a few more votes, uh, and that he will not, hopefully, advocate for a no-first-use nuclear weapon policy. I think that... When it comes to the military, everything is on the table. Of course it is. It doesn't mean you're going to violate uh, morality. doesn't mean that I'm going to fire nuclear weapons at anybody. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to kill innocent people. It doesn't mean you're going to uh, attack without provocation. But it does mean you will decide, given the circumstances, what is appropriate, and you will comply with your notions of morality as well as legality within our country. Our laws, not someone else's laws, our own laws. We have laws on how to operate in combat, and we'll comply with that. That doesn't mean, by the way, Dave, as tragic as it is, that there could never be collateral damage. They're called ROEs, Rules of Engagement. Rules of Engagement. Did you hear, may I add, Dave, that some lefties are saying that when the Iranians shot down one of their own civilian airliners... That's Trump's fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, because... Wait, what? It, see, it wouldn't have happened. It would not have happened if Trump hadn't killed Sol- whatever well, his name, Soleimani. If they didn't kill Salami, then, then it wouldn't have happened. Oh, I can play that game. It wouldn't have happened if the 
Islamists didn't take over Iran. Yeah, that's good. Right? How about that one? Yeah, we can go back to 79. Go back to 79. I remember when 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 the terrorists took the hostages in Iran in 79, and I was at the flea market out on Long Island, and they had buttons. And one said, Iran sucks. And the other one said, F Iran. And by the way, the F was spelled out. Okay. Can you guess which one I bought? And it I said, was a kid. Oh, I bought it. It said free Iran? Yeah, free Iran. Was it no? <laughs> uh, a few. There, were, uh, there were fewer letters, Zach. I'm, I'm confused. Okay, I got you. All right. I'm, That's what I'm, I'm talking about. So uh, why not blame that? Go back there. I've never heard. This is how absurd the left has gotten. The Iranians shoot down their own plane. By the way, to their credit, to the extent you can do that, they finally admitted it. They've admitted it. Yet it's still Trump's fault. It's so funny that, uh, in fact, I was just thinking about this and it popped up on Fox. I wonder if Fox is doing like my phone now. You can read my mind and it feeds me material. Anyway, it said that Pompeo said today in an interview they have no regrets on killing Soleimani. And you know what? I haven't lost a moment's sleep over that. Regrets? And nobody should have any regrets that that man is smoldering. He may still be smoldering, I'm just saying, and uh, in the ground. I'm all regrets? about Regrets? I have no What's regrets. What's the opposite? Uh, uh, I'm going to throw a party. Yeah. And a lot of people did. Good. In Iraq. Good. Or Iran. I mean... The families of the 1,500 people that were murdered by his people? He's a murdering terrorist who goes around the whole Middle Eastern area. Stirring it up, baby. Supporting terrorism. That's all he does. He's in, in league with Hezbollah, with Hamas, with all of these yeah. thugs. Absolutely. You got it. You got it. But I will tell you this, that we are complicit with bombing our own people because it is widely known and has been backed up that that and even the president said that bad actors might use that cash that he gave oh. the Iranians Terry one point six like four billion years dollars. Ago, yeah, and then now oh no, it's impossible. Wait, wait, wait what? No. Here's the thing. This is what's so absurd about trying to have a debate with the oatmeal types. Which is... They forget everything. Well, not only do they forget everything, money, there's a word that is used in economics and other contexts, it's called fungible. The word is fungible. Fungible means exchangeable, right? So if I've got a chicken, I can swap the chicken with you for uh, a piece of bacon. That Sounds like capitalism. Right. Well, that's right. So it's Peaceful. How do cap- So uh, capitalism, we started bartering. And we came up with the notion of money. Instead of me having to carry chickens around, I could carry coins or money around. So it is the archetype. It is the model of something that is fungible. It can be used to trade anything. Yeah, in the place of. In the place of. So if you give someone money and then they spend money on something bad, you have contributed to their ability to spend money on that bad thing. So, well, but that wasn't the money I gave. Wait, what? Yeah, they, they took, we they, don't number they the took bills. all of that money. They and... put it in the, right. 
But it doesn't even mean anything. Like, even if you took those bills and bought baby formula with it and then took the remaining money and bought bombs with it, that's because the remaining money didn't have to be spent on the baby formula because it's entirely fungible. You helped buy the bombs, you fool. Yeah. Yeah, well, John Kerry wouldn't tell you that. He said they bought ketchup with it. John Kerry has so much Botox in his face, he doesn't even know what's going on in his brain anymore. I think that's the same thing that happened to Pelosi. Remember when she got the, started getting the Botox injection? Yeah, She's yeah. got away from that a little bit. She actually shows a few, you know, cracks in on her I, face. I, I think too much Botox looks terrible. I understand. Ask what Burt Reynolds looked like at his death. Or ask Kenny Rogers. Oh, my God. God, that I can't believe that Kenny. was that was they they put the knee on the back of the head and they just pulled. Yeah, they just know? pulled. Yeah, that's right. Stretch. It was like he hey, didn't even look like him. Zach, it was like that Star Trek. What was it? Insurrection. Remember the one where they were sucking the faces? Anyway, Zach's too young to to it remember. Reminded the, me of the movie Brazil, where I they don't did remember that. that. Did they, they do that? that? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish it up. Robert Steinbach here with us on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, the answer, wants to remind you that it's the home of Rush Limbaugh. Okay, so where are we on that lawsuit now about the guns? The lawsuit has been filed. Chris Corbett is the plaintiff, and we're suing to ensure that pursuant to the law written by Bob Ballinger, signed by the governor, enacted two years ago, that says lawyers are entitled to carry guns in court, that we're, we're suing for injunctive relief, meaning an order declaring that that is in fact the case because Chris was turned away. Chris Corbett was turned away from the courthouse when he asked if he could come in with a gun. And so we're suing for an order from the court telling the court they must allow lawyers with guns in. And that's pro-Second so, Amendment. So what, will well, you, so what will you know that they have complied? What do you want to see? We want an, a court order. It's telling them to comply. Then we go down to the court again and try to go in and see what happens. Uh, So the complaint was filed uh, Thursday night, if I recall correctly. The um, the uh, there's a term uh, I forgot it now. Um, The summons was issued today. uh, And so they will be served. The defendants will be served shortly. And thereafter, they have 30 days, I believe, to answer that complaint. And then we should wind up in court relatively soon. We should have a hearing on a motion for summary judgment from our side. They might try to bring a motion to dismiss. That will be unavailing, I believe. And I'm not posturing, meaning the law is as it's stated. That's why, to me, it seems fairly straightforward. But in any event, this case should be decided largely on briefs. They might want to depose Chris. That'll be fine. We'll be happy to allow them to do that or ask him some questions in written form. We'll be happy to answer those as well. That's called discovery. Uh, Doesn't really need a trial because I don't think there's going to be any dispute as to the facts, but maybe they're going to deny having prevented him from entering. Then we would need to have a trial on the facts, right? Because we need to bring in witnesses. And Chris would say, they didn't let me in. And if they denied it, they would say, oh, we were going to let him in. I actually don't. And let me be clear. Something that was written in the complaint, we made sure it was spelled out carefully. It was in the Dem Gas story as well. No complaints against the individual behavior of the security guard or the sheriff, meaning they were acting under what they understood to be 
the law. They were incorrect, but here's why. Not because they misread the law. They have not been properly instructed by the higher-ups that this is, in fact, the law. In fact, I suspect they were instructed the opposite. No one's allowed in with a gun unless they are a cop, let's say. Okay. And so I believe they were instructed improperly, and so they need to be instructed correctly, and that's what we want the court to issue an order saying lawyers, that is officers of the court, are entitled to enter court uh, with a handgun. Do you want to see the necessary, I'm, I'm sure they have an SOP, a, you know, standard operating procedure that people read that tells them what is and is not allowed. Do you want to see what it is that they're presenting to people? That, that could be uh, interesting to see. You raise a very good point. You might make a good lawyer yourself, Dave. The question really is... Well, I don't trust anybody to say, well, yeah, we understand, we agree with you, we'll change it. I want to see where you change it. Oh, I thought you meant the current SOP, which would be interesting. But, of course, the future SOP for sure would be interesting to see. But the test will be when, Chris, thereafter, if we get the order, the next day we're going to take that order, get it framed, mounted, shellacked, put up next to the big fish, and then take it off the wall, and we're going to walk up to the courthouse with that order and, and say, can we come in now? And we'll see what the answer is. Right. By the way, to be clear... As I said, I have respect for the security as well as the sheriffs that were there. If we get a court order saying attorneys can carry guns in the courtroom, I readily expect that the next day we will be able to do so. In other words, I'm not expecting resistance. I'm not expecting Well, there should cheating. be. Right. So I think this is one of those circumstances in which a court needs to make clear to, in this case, the defendants involved, but to everyone, that the law is as it says. Lawyers can carry guns in court. And once the court says so, be it the trial court or if we lose at the trial court, the Court of Appeals or Supreme Court, and then we'll be able to do it. That simple. Okay, I got good, a good story for you to I'm finish waiting. up today. Let's do All it. All right. And this is out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. From the uh, CBS station in Denver. For the first time, a judge has denied a request to take away a man's guns under Colorado's new red flag law. A Colorado woman claimed a man who she'd had a relationship with threatened her with a gun and filed the request. Many gun owners are against it. They despise it. Red flag laws just allow for harassment of legal gun owners, he said. And so the uh, the judge said, nope, not taking away that guy's guns just because you feel scared. Well, and here's the point. As with any set of rights... When you want to interfere with them, you have to meet a certain threshold. As I've said, I, I'm not sure that the current law is in need of any modification because a judge can issue an order if someone has some mental infirmity, etc. already, already. So I don't see why this is in any th- – these new laws are done to appeal to the left without any additional substance. I got you. We're out of time. Uh, we'll get you back on later on this week. Sure. You back in school now? I am. I'm you teaching are? tonight. Oh, you are? That's right. You're doing a night class tonight. Yes. Well, I always have a night class, but I never had the schedule that I have now. But it's we'll, we'll manage. It's workable. All Anything's right. workable. And I've been told that at 2 o'clock on Wednesday, I will have the Undersecretary of Agriculture Fantastic. on. That has been confirmed. So we'll be doing that. You Thank really you get for some being great here. guests. All right. A break and then more.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.